This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. You are on Joy 94.9. You're with Fiona and Mark on the Escape Hour. Look, I was in the Yarra Valley last week um, on Saturday and it was stunning. It was warm. Because you were I, doing a gin I did a gin making course. making course where you actually are, you know, messing around with all the botanicals and you're sticking them in the in the big pot and you're watching it boil and, and you're Amazing. drinking and you're flavouring gins and you're tasting gins and that was fantastic. Really so what did you flavour your gin with? Well, the gin that we made uh, obviously had a large amount amount of juniper and coriander um but it also had i think uh eight botanicals in uh total um and then they used and no no ants in this one (laughs) uh but they used uh then they used uh finger limes as part of the infusion so finger lime so finger limes are a native lime they're so incredibly delicious you can find them in lots of quite fancy restaurants around town use finger limes on their dishes but it's a a little sort of stumpy little native lime and you can open it up and you can actually eat it. So it doesn't have that really incredible tang of a normal oh, really? lime. It's very... Um, the limey goodness comes through though. It's just much more subtle and quite delicious. So Yum. that was part of the infusion. Mm. And then we went to Tarawara, the oh, uh, beautiful art yep. gallery there, and we saw the uh, Patricia Piccinini and Joy Hester exhibition and they uh, have built this beautiful deck out there at Tarawara and I just wanted to sit out there all afternoon and drink wine and just enjoy the beautiful atmosphere, but my friend reminded me that we had to drive back to Melbourne and we could have to have we had to wait till we get back to Melbourne to have another glass of wine. So. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's going to be safe than sorry. Yes, and it was just divine weather out there. So, yeah, bring it on. How about you, Mark? Oh, just travelling for work again. Spent a couple of days in Sydney, which I always love. Always happy to be in Sydney. It's a great place. I um, uh, noticed that there was pride flags everywhere. I bet uh, there Because it's be. a lead up to Mardi Gras. Yeah, well, it's Mardi Gras carnival season or whatever, uh, how they phrase it. But is it this week or next week? It's next weekend. Next weekend, yeah. So, um, yeah, every office I went into, which was several uh, for the meetings I was in, there were pride flags on every desk and it was like... Um, and I was kind of downtown legal and financial <laughs> district, so usually pretty staid. And yeah, it was pride flags left, right, and centre. So I was really uh, quite impressed with um, this time because I'm usually in Sydney this time of the year, just before Mardi Gras. But I'm not going to business meetings, so I was usually there socially. And uh, yeah, I was really impressed. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's so great when everyone gets into the atmosphere. I mean, why absolutely. not? Why not? It's because part of the celebration. Yeah. Bring it on and make it like a, a party. I think that everyone should be celebrating every day. Like we've got be a, parties uh, every night. We've got a viewing, haven't we, at Pride of Footscray, I believe. On Is next that right? Saturday. Yeah, yeah, joy-sponsored viewing, I think. And, and you know, <laughs> SB- SBS are telecasting the yeah. Mardi Gras, which is going to be an amazing event, mm. amazing TV event. Yep. Excellent. So, well, uh, but well, today we've got a, a special guest. Oh, yeah, we have a guest. Now, on the subject <laughs> of wine regions... <laughs> Now, the, uh, of and course, drinking wine. And yeah. drinking wine. It's a nice segue. I've got an even better segue in a little bit. But, have you? Um, first of all, we're going to introduce our guest, Matthew Barry. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. So, Matthew uh, is a, a third generation owner. Is that correct? Well, I'm the uh, second generation. And <gasps> so, my sons are the third generation. Oh, okay. nice. Mm. Of Mount Avoca Winery of Mount Avoca. in the yeah. Pyrenees. That's right. So, where's the Pyrenees for those who don't know? The Pyrenees 
is amazingly close to Melbourne mm-hmm. with all the work on the freeways and things these days. It's uh, an hour 45, two hours from Melbourne, depending where you are. So you drive out the Western Highway to Ballarat, take a right-hand turn a bit north, so central western Victoria, yep. kind of between the Grampians and Castlemaine. Right. So I tell everybody it's the middle of nowhere, <laughs> but the middle of everywhere. Right. I love it. 45 minutes from Mount Avoca, you have the Grampians, you have Castlemaine, you have Dalesford, you have Ballarat, you have all those wonderful historic yeah. Malden, the gold mining. the Because it's part of the Central Highlands. Well, kind of, yeah, kind of in between. Yeah. So, yeah. So we're kind of um, between the Central Highlands and the Grampians, which is why we're in the middle of nowhere. And for <laughs> decades, Tourism Victoria couldn't work out where to put us. So now uh, we actually... Ah, controversy. Yeah, well, Pyrenees. because we were kind of central highlands, but we're actually closer to the Grampians with the wine connection. Yes. So the Pyrenees and the Grampians winemakers actually work super close together. And we're north of the Divide, which is one of the secrets to why the Pyrenees and the Grampians has such fantastic wine. So, so talk about that. Ooh, is it, so it's I not just the soil, it's the... Not just the soil. So it's the nowhereness. It's exactly. <laughs> it's this kind of, and that's one of the great things is that because we're a little bit further out, we find that um, everything within an hour of Melbourne, mm. fantastic and busy, and great for tourism. We're just that little bit extra, which means when you go to a cellar door in the Pyrenees, you get that one-on-one attention. Because you're not right. going to have 25 Bus people loads. queuing up before like Yarra buses. That's yeah. true. Those Mornington Peninsula wineries mm. are busy. They can be super busy. Now, I'm going to uh, interrupt this thought for one second. We need to go to a quick break, and then we will continue on with the conversation and learn more about the Pyrenees and also the wonderful uh, food and wine festival that's coming up in Williamstown. And we're also going to say thank you very much uh, to Paul from Potts Point, who just renewed his membership. Oh, thank you, he Paul heard us Potts talking Point. about Sydney. Yeah. And how excited <laughs> we were about Sydney. Thank you, Paul. Actually, he, he did that before that. So thanks, Paul from Potts oh, Point. Oh, well, thanks, Paul. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ Community Radio Station, Joy 94.9. We've got a uh, live vintner, winemaker. 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 Wine guy. Let's be Aussie. Yeah, wine yeah. guy. I'm the wine guy. That's right. <laughs> From the Pyrenees. We were talking about the Pyrenees just now being just about, depending which part of Melbourne you're leaving, about around two hours. Yeah. So uh, getting to the Pyrenees is usually by car or is it train service or bus service? Probably that, by car. Yeah. There's um, train to Ballarat, but <clears throat> it's not super well serviced, like right. most of regional Victoria. Mm. Um, mm. But what is great is my office is in Hawthorne. One set of traffic lights between my house and the winery. You know, it's a very interesting thing you should say that because I used to live in Dalesford and when I was looking to buy property in the vicinity around uh, Melbourne, the idea of going out to the Yarra Valley and those other areas, no matter how beautiful they are, the number of traffic lights between where I was residing in Mm. Windsor Whereas um, when you're heading out to Ballarat and Dalesford and the Pyrenees, it's like one set of traffic lights. You're on the freeway. You're going all the way. Yeah, I love it. It's relaxing. It's not stop-start. There's not people. You just Westgate Mm. Bridge and then it's just freeway all the way, cruise control. 
pay attention, enjoy the scenery, get there. It's very relaxing. Put on the Joy FM. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Of course. And you can get us pretty much all the way. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, definitely. I think once I was out heading towards the Grampians and we stopped off at uh, a winery that's no longer there, sadly, which was, I think, Best's. Best is still there. Best, Best is still oh, yeah. there. Great gun. It's been there for hundreds of years. Thompson family. One of Jimmy Watson a few years back. Oh, really? Oh, love. Fantastic wines. One so, of how do you the- typify a Pyrenees wine? The, I mean, obviously, they're award winning, so it's some of the yeah. highest quality that we have um, in the state. We, we, as we were saying earlier, we're north of the divide, mm. which means, and a bit of altitude. So, north of the divide means really hot days, but really cold nights. So, people always assume because the Yarra Valley is More kind temperate. of a bit. Well, they think it's cooler. We actually pick our grapes around the same time. But our hot weather is hotter. Mm-hmm. But because we've got some altitude and we're inland, our nights are much colder. Right. So we get a bigger temperature difference between mm. the daytime and the nighttime. And it's the crisp nights that really help define that quality of flavour. And so things like Cabernet, you get them fully ripe in the Grampians and the Pyrenees, that beautiful, ripe, black currant, cassis kind of character. And you lose all of those sort of green, grassy, sappy characters that you don't always get fully ripe in the cool, cooler climates. Mm. Cooler ripening, as you were saying earlier, this beautiful March, April weather, these Indian summers that yep. go on forever, not too hot, long ripening period. The longer the ripening period, the more flavour. And more sugar. Well, see, it's, the sugar is what gives you the alcohol. Yep. Too much sugar, too much alcohol... Can like, dominate the wine, can't well, it? Well, yeah. Like some of those Barossa wines, as fantastic as South Australia is and as amazing. Big. big. And it's kind of like we don't drink 14, 15, 16% wines. It's just too big. No, no, no. No one, yeah. yeah. We don't sit in a big castle and have a roast ox on a spit. <laughs> We're kind of vegetarian, vegan seafood, which yeah. means we want lots of flavour, yeah. but you want some intensity and some lightness. You want that mm. balance. It's like food. No, no one sits mm. down with heavy, stodgy stuff. Mm. You want flavours, mm. but you want some, some lightness and some in, yeah, so, delicate flavours as well. Do you think perhaps the, the lightening of the Australian diet over, over the last few years has also been part of the drive for lighter styles of wine? Or is it, you know, chicken, it's a chicken egg, really? I reckon that it all goes together. Yeah. See, wine is really the sixth food group. Yes. So a little triangle. Wine is up there at the top as one of the, the food groups. And the best way to enjoy wine is with food, mm-hmm. part of a balanced diet. Mm-hmm. We're all about responsibility. So it's two glasses of wine, one in each hand. That's it. Balanced that's diet. right. Balanced <laughs> diet, one in each hand. Yeah. So we do that. It's like our food. You want yeah. good flavours. You want to have complexity. You want to have all those things mm-hmm. that you have in food. Same in wine. Mm. You want balance. You want flavour. You want. That's why we love our region because Mm. that fruit flavor in the grape Mm. we manage it very simply and we've got a fantastic set of winemakers in the pyrenees and the grampians they get the fruit and it's probably some of the best fruit in the world Mm. we have very little rain at vintage so no mold or mildew less sprays of course for us because we're organic we have no sprays at all no chemicals nothing and all of that stuff it's like our produce all the, the master chefs, people love going to the market because you get that less processed, more fruit, flavours, intensity. It's clean, it's alive, it's vibrant. That's what you want. 
mm. in your wine. Mm. You want to just keep that magic. Mm. So a lot of the, uh, I mean, it's fantastic to know that you're organic. Uh, there are, of course, a number of different sectors in the wine industry. There's organic, biodynamic, natural wines, mm. minimal intervention, orange wines. All of that. All of that. Um, I was having a conversation with a friend the other day who didn't know what an orange wine was. And I said, you've heard of natural wine though, haven't you? And she said that she had heard of that. And I said, well, there's natural wine, which is similar to orange wine, which is similar to minimal intervention. But, um, you've, you know, then, then you've got the organic and the biodynamic components as well. So you can still, you, it's almost, there's not many wineries that have all of those components it's always a balance mm. in getting that quality. Mm. So, and commercially, there must be a bit of a question over some of those more uh, exotic ways of producing wine because not everyone's going to be interested in purchasing. Yeah, there's a. It's like everything. The pendulum swings, you know, backwards and forwards between very scientific to very artisanal. And winemaking is that perfect blend. It's a, it's a Michelangelo thing. Mm. You've got to have your science, mm. you've got to have. Your new drawings. Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, that too. It's always nice. But you have, it's that kind of balance. To do great art, you have to have some good science behind it. Mm-hmm. So all those things. Some of those wines, yeah, there's a reason we do some of those things, which is to keep the flavours. And I've had some, yeah, interesting wines. Not all of them have what I would define as the key attributes of a quality wine. If you some of that stuff happens, you can lose those fruit flavours, which is, mm. for us, important. That's what we do. The terroir, the, the region, the, the weather, the soil, all that stuff's really important. And you try and just keep that and keep it simple. So how do you typify Pyrenees wine? What are the, we were touching on it before. Yeah, I think, I think in general, Victorian Shiraz is probably a little bit, oh, not so much delicate. Berries? With fruit, mm. we're, we're not over overridden with enormous tannin and alcohol. Like the South Australian mm. big red punch in the guts. Kind I of. wouldn't. You said that. Yeah. I'm not. I'm, oh. I'm not going to start a. My brother's in the Barossa Valley. Yeah. He's a oh, wine. Yeah. yeah, but um, and I guess sometimes people think delicate, light, but we have an intensity. We have a richness. You can have lots of layers and complexity. Mm. You can have a lot going on without getting a sledgehammer in the head. So that's kind of, there's all that stuff going on which is important. I mean, with the cold climate Shiraz, I mean, uh, often uh, they're described as being peppery. Mm. Now, I don't know if that's so much the case in the Pyrenees. Pyrenees very much. Peppery, spicy, that blend of plums and peppery spice. Pyrenees is renowned for having perhaps a little bit more hint of eucalypt Mm. than that sort of, that character comes through a little bit, possibly more in some of the older reds. Um, Mm. And anyway, Tech Conference, there's all sorts of research on where that comes from and is it just a few leaves blowing in at vintage? Is it the oils coming off the trees? But... There's a certain, there's a lovely earthiness. There's um, this, yeah, and some will have more pepper, some mm-hmm. will have more plum and cherry, mm-hmm. and you get that blend. That's what you want. You want, oh, it starts off with this ripe plum and then some black cherry, then there's a bit of spice, some Chinese five spice, some pepper. Is it black pepper? Is it white pepper? And all these wines, some you go, some years you'll go, oh, this Shiraz, it's cherry and black pepper. Mm. Next year, plums white pepper mm. and it sounds crazy but you go yeah no this one's white pepper this one's black pepper you can smell and taste the difference so that keeps you winemakers busy because obviously you have to always look at the fruit that you've got each season and then determine how you're going to you can't necessarily apply the same recipe every year i would say it's almost 
a well organic process. Um, but it's like we do the same thing almost, and the joy is in the fruit. The fruit delivers. Oh, so the fruit things. tells you oh, it doesn't, what's going to happen. Doesn't even, we just do, we do we do the the simple. We do the right thing. Yep. And it's like a plant. You don't tell a plant how to grow. You water it. You give it air and sunshine, and then it produces the flowers. It does its thing. It does its thing. Mm. So for us, we just do the right thing. We we're tender. We're gentle. We have. We don't have a sixty-acre vineyard. We've got one hundred twenty thousand individual plants that we nurture individually. Mm. We think mm. of them as a home garden. We mm. do it in a like a gardener, plant by plant. We look after it, and then. The wine does its thing, and we're like, wow, this year's got more of this. This year's got more of that. And that's the surprise. You do it, it's like, wow, how good is this? Oh, it's always amazing, but it's, every year's it's a different kind of amazing. I think that you and I might have missed our calling, Mark. Don't you think that sounds like so much fun? I think it sounds amazing. I, I quite, I'm enjoying all this wine poetry that we've <laughs> I know. I was at work. I was riding my horse. I was microwaving a watermelon. My iguanas escaped. There are lots of reasons why you may have missed your favourite show, but don't worry, because our podcast team has you covered. They'll work through rain, hail and national glitter shortages to bring you the best bits of every show. Visit joy.org.au and click on the podcast tab or head to the iTunes Australia podcast store and subscribe to your favourite shows for free. Thanks to our podcasters, you'll never feel guilty about missing a show again. Joy.org.au We are here with Matthew Barry, who is uh, owner and winemaker from Mount Avoca. Wine guy, who was talking earlier about when you were younger, you stomped on grapes. I did. As Tell us course. all about this, because I, 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 well, we I always think of Lucy. <laughs> there, there you remember is... that scene on Lucy? You know, I love Lucy. No. Uh, go on YouTube. Lucy does this wine, this grape stomping thing. It's hilarious. But let's talk about your experiences stomping grapes in the Pyrenees. Yeah. Well, in the old days, we'd handpick and we had buckets. And the very first vintage, we had no shed. It was just out, outdoors. And we got these old stainless steel milk vats. And um, that was it. We had milk vats and that was it. And so no equipment. So we... You had your feet. They were the your equipment. Grapes, tank and feet. And and it's lovely. It's so squishy. It feels so nice through your toes. It's ah, oh, it's it's great. It's lovely. Now there is a reason why we did raise the concept of stomping on wine is because we are also talking about the Williamstown Wine and Cheese Festival, which is coming up on the 9th of March right. uh, at Sea Works uh, in, yes. in Williamstown, and they have a grape stomp romp. It's, a, it's actually a thing you can go and do, so you don't even just have to listen to us talk about it. You can actually participate and win prizes. Yeah. And I was wondering, Matthew, if you had any tips, like if I was going to go and enter, do, um, you know, if I've got bigger feet, does it help? <laughs> if I've got, like, what's the deal? Well, I, was just, I was just thinking that. Cause I think the competition is based on the most amount of juice out oh. of those grapes that's how that, you win does that um uh um uh you know impact your weight like will a heavier set person be able to get more well, juice maybe not necessarily is so it maybe small feet are better because you get more pressure per foot oh, like a, more nimble toes well yeah maybe the psi maybe it's that, is that right that's right the exactly PSI. PSI. <laughs> pressure per square inch so what's amazing is if you get like a I don't know, like a big truck, the actual 
drives over your foot, doesn't really hurt because the weight is spread over this big I've tire. never tried it, Matthew. But a bike tire, like a skinny little racing bike, yeah. all that weight is on a little thing. So maybe small feet are better, mm. but maybe you go more rapidly to do lots of little squishes. And if As you've got Ian Thorpe-sized feet, yeah. then maybe it's like Daffy Dark, you don't squeeze as hard. But I reckon we're going to find out in two weeks. I reckon a flat-footed person might have more success than a high arch because, I mean, technically that's more surface area. That's right. But mm. is it surface area or is it pressure? So this is this is the thing we're gonna. It's a, interesting. Oh, uh, yeah. So we're the gonna have to find stuff. out in Williamstown on the 9th of March. Yeah, that's exactly right. Are you going to get up there and stomp on a grave? Oh, look! I actually only looked, discovered that this morning, which is one of the reasons why <laughs> I raised research. it. I, I was like, oh, I've got to find out more about that. So uh, you're participating in that uh, festival, mm. and uh, hence yeah. one of the reasons why you're here to tell us a little bit about yeah. it. We've been doing it for years. I reckon it's one of the best wine festivals, wine and cheese festivals in Melbourne. It's a good size. Some of them get stupidly big and you just sort of lose that interaction with between the people that come to mm. enjoy the experience. Mm. And everyone's there. It's an owner-operator thing. You're talking to the people who either make the wine or the cheese. Everyone's super involved. And I think that's what people like. You want to, don't want to just, yeah, go to the the kind of the big commercial faceless thing. Everyone behind the the stand is involved with that business. Mm. They have that integrity to be there and produce and promote their own product. So that's great. And you get time to talk to people and that's fantastic. And So who goes? Is it... Uh, I, I, I Everyone goes. I, I can't say it as a real family thing. They have, they, have, they have got a... It is quite family friendly. Okay. They've got things. But yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, there's, there's a lot of... Because kids love their wine and cheese. <laughs> well, I think the parents love it and the kids, they've got face painting or whatever. They're kind of this activities yeah. for the kids. Okay. But I would say generally lots of couples, um, everyone's 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, but probably more 20s, 30s would be probably the biggest mm. demographic into the 40s. Mm. But it's, people go out and they have the day and... We do some. Obviously, we promote our our wine. You can come yeah, along. Course. You can buy a glass. And, and you're you can, doing a masterclass. So. We're doing a we're doing a hundred years of wine. Oh, how do you sum up a hundred exactly. years of wine <laughs> in, you in will a masterclass? Taste, you will taste a hundred years of wine. So you're bringing wine that is a hundred years old. I'm going to bring several <laughs> wines together <laughs> that are going to be the total one hundred yes. years. <laughs> so there could be some twenty five year old wines. It could be some thirty year old wines. Oh wow! Okay. And, yeah. So to get to a hundred years. I'm not going to bring 100 wines that are one-year-old. That's going to be like, that would be just too crazy. You'll need a sack truck. Yeah. So four or five wines, which means they're probably going to be 20 to 30 years old. Fantastic. And we can go through the differences. We'll have wines that are a bit younger. And most people tend to drink wines that are between five minutes and four years old. Do you no think one has the, old wines anymore. Yeah, I was going to say, do you think the days of putting down wine... Oh, I mean, I know that there are people that do it, uh, but, you know, it's far far less these days. Um, I think, yeah, we're in that kind of a bit of a fast, fast mm. food culture. Mm. So I love the slow food movement. I love people taking time to get back to that kind of, I guess, thoughtful way of living. And I think we're going to get back to that. Everyone I speak to now is, oh, I work hard, but... Ah, I'm doing yoga, I'm doing meditation, I'm mindful. That is taking time to look after yourself, mm. to have some self-care, to really think about me, 
look after yourself. And that involves not rushing around, not eating on the run. We sit down, we look after ourselves We're with people that we enjoy to spend mm. time with. Mm. Take time, enjoy quality food, enjoy quality wine. There's no rush. Life's like, a marathon, mm. not a sprint. Yep. Like the cafe in uh, somewhere in Northside that's actually banned takeaway coffee. That's right. So if you want coffee from that cafe, you have to sit down and have I a cup. I love that idea. That's a great idea, isn't it? Mm. Big fan I of that one. I bet they don't one. have drive through no, I doubt they would have drive through. <laughs> you probably can't even find a car park if it's north side. But anyway. Uh, Somewhere to park your penny farthing. That's a good plan. You know, there is actually a, a, a penny farthing. Uh, tw- there's a thing called the Tweed Ride. Oh, really? I do digress a little bit, but there's That's a right. thing called the Tweed Ride where people actually dress up in tweed uh, clothing mm-hmm. of like of vintage styles and they go on bike rides. And some of the bikes are old, uh, some of them are penny farthings, and they do a thing. It's called the, the Tweed Ride. And you can participate that in that in Melbourne. Oh, really? Is it all yeah. steampunk or is it retro? Or is it well, I guess you could, you could be your own interpretation. I, I think love there's that. probably. I bet people have goggles on. And I love a goggle. Yeah, a little bit of steampunk. Yeah. But there yeah. also could be like, you know, dorky university style and, you know, just Fantastic. channel like some 1930s film that you really like or 1940s film and get on a bicycle and, and you That's know. That's a cat's pajamas. It's just, <laughs> it's just no lycra. I don't know if they have a ban on lycra for the tweet mm. ride. But I'm, I'm pro banning lycra. Yeah. I'm with you on it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a slow ride. I guess that's the getting that's the back to oh, the back point. To the yeah. And I, th- I think, as you were saying, I think because people are now getting a bit more aware of not rushing to everything, it's like, yeah. yeah. So that hopefully people go, well, yeah, let's drink those wines that are a little bit more aged. There's more complexity. There's more going on. So when yeah. do you think the, the, the social imperative to rush and do everything at once came from and how do we unwind that that's drinking that's more a, wine that's a phd in <laughs> in socials i mean social media everything's instant everyone yeah. wants stuff now it's like yeah yeah but sometimes you have to wait the good stuff you gotta wait i agree yeah i'm down you're listening to a joycast from gld tiq community radio station joy 94.9 Joy 94.9. It's the Escape Hour. With Fiona? And Mark. <laughs> we should do the voiceovers on, you know where people put them on their um, answering machine? Flatmates do. <laughs> Remember, answering machines, full stop. <laughs> With tapes. In them. With tapes. We had a listener call in uh, asking what happened to Amy Winehouse when she was performing. And it was in February, because it was Valentine's Day, and she passed away in summer that year, so about four months later, and the performance was heartbreaking. You could see a, a, a star fading in front of you and it was there was no joy in it. The, the, uh, Zalyn, I think it was Zevran, he, her co-singer, basically did the show for her. She was, mm. uh, it was clearly disoriented uh, in a very unhealthy mental and physical space. It was, it was heartbreaking and, you know, we, um, we walked away with her going, she's not going to last. <laughs> and then yeah. she didn't. So, yeah, it was very heartbreaking. So thanks for asking that question. (laughs) Sorry it wasn't a better story, but there we go. (coughs) Sorry. We're we're talking about Williamstown. We're talking about the the Wine and Cheese Show. 9th of March. 9th of March at Seaworks. I've not been to Seaworks. I'm imagining it's got a lovely aspect over the Maribyrnong. Is that right? Yeah, we're going to ask Matthew Barry, our Mount Avoca wine owner, (laughs) who's going to be doing a masterclass there. I am indeed. Um, Right on the bay, Williamstown. 
Right, on the bay. water. Not yeah. Yeah. It's not on the Maribyrnong. No, on the... On the oh, I'm thinking of science works. I've got yeah. my, I've got well, my down, S works. Oh, yes. yeah. Down further. So you've got the boats, you've got the big ships, you've got the yeah. warship, there's museums, it's the well, foreshore. It's a bit, a bit of a hot spot these days. It's there's fantastic. a couple of great restaurants down yeah. there. And I do apologise, listeners, I was talking about science works. Sea works. Sea works. And... I've been there before, done some of the wine and cheese festivals before, but since then it's been renovated and I haven't seen it, but I've heard it is better and more wonderful than it ever was and it was always great. There's nice indoor-outdoor spaces and even if it's hot because of that proximity to the the Mm. ocean, it's just a really lovely atmosphere, get that nice, I don't know, that health-giving ozone air off the ocean. It's, It's awesome. I'm going, actually, just a little plug here. I'm actually off to another wine festival this afternoon. Are you? I'm off to the Prosecco Festival. Oh, really? Yeah, and a lot of the Proseccos will be coming. Oh, it's at the Northcote Town Hall. Tickets are still available, I'm sure. Are you going to ride your I think I'll be catching the tram. <laughs> yeah, good idea. Um, yes, um, and uh, a friend of mine, Mel Brower, runs that. She's otherwise known as the Prosecco Queen. Ah, I've heard of her. Yeah, 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 she's super lovely. I think this is the second year of the Prosecco Festival and it will no doubt feature a lot of Prosecco, Prosecco from <laughs> the wine region being the King Valley. The King Valley. And, uh, and the yes, Ovens Valley, another beautiful wine-growing region as well. You're doing uh, something with the Maestro of Mozzarella, that's Amore Cheese's Giorgio, who has also been a guest on our show. He's great. Isn't he amazing? Oh. Do you remember Giorgio? I actually have been to a party um, once, uh, an event where he was making a mozzarella at the party, mm. like uh, out of the hot water, how they do Can that. Can I tell you a secret? Like, yeah. It doesn't go outside yeah. this room. No, we won't no. tell anybody. No, anyway. Not a soul. I swap <laughs> mozzarella with wine with Giorgio. And so I go home with this amazing mozzarella. Because he doesn't. He goes home with Mount of Oka, but don't tell anyone because we just don't want the ATO to know about it. But we just swap a couple of bottles of a (laughs) bottle of wine for some cheese. And he's doing a masterclass. There's a prosecco masterclass. We're doing the hundred years of wine masterclasses. Oh, it's going to be so. Amazing. Super fun. And it's going to be beautiful weather still, uh, I assume. Yeah. So, you, you know, if you're living on the um, other side of the bay, you can pop on the ferry, get across to Williamstown you from know, St Kilda. I've always wanted to do it. I've never done that. You can, yeah. Bike. I've talked about it a lot. Ride your bike, get a ferry across. <laughs> we need sure. to make yeah, a date. Yeah, let's do that. Yep. Or there is that Walk punt. across the West Gate and <laughs> shut oh. it down. No, I don't think so. But there is a punt. There is a punt that goes from Port Melbourne to uh, Williamstown. A punt. A punt. I believe. That's why Punt Road is named Punt Road, because of the punt that was once upon there before there was a road. Sometimes I wish they'd bring the punt back and get rid of the road. (laughs) Yeah, it's a dreary old road. You'd need a lot of punts, wouldn't you? Yeah. (laughs) A thousand punts back and forth. (laughs) Yeah, you'd need a lot of punts. I don't think that's going to work out. Um, Now, one of the things we were going to touch on, of course, because... uh, the Pyrenees is such a beautiful region in the middle of nowhere where everyone should go. Exactly. Is you not only have the beautiful winery and amongst all the other gorgeous wineries in the area, but you also have some beautiful lodges, which are quite luxurious looking at the photos. They are. The Echo Lux. Echo Lux. Because we're ecological. Yep. And we're luxury. So nestled amongst the olive grove, we've got 700 olive trees. In amongst the olive grove are three lodges that look over the winery, the vineyard, the Blue Pyrenees, the ranges, all of that. So you see that beautiful landscape. Wake up in the morning, you'll see kangaroos ah. out, out the window. They're just hanging there, having a munch on the grass. They come and they, they go. Do they eat the grapes? 
Unfortunately, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I just didn't yeah. think they dug anything other than grass. No, they love grapes. And they, but they are variety-specific. I do know. Is that yeah. right? Do tell are someone they what do they prefer? What are they? <laughs> I reckon no, they'd like white grapes. No, they like Sauvignon Blanc and Cabernet. Because oh, they like green, grapes. grassy flavour. Oh, Same right. with methoxyparazine. It's the thing. They uh, like some varieties more than others. It's quite interesting. So how do you keep thought. how do you keep the critters off the big fences? Ah, oh, big Very fences. Tall yeah, two meter fences. It's a so do you have wallabies and kangaroos or mostly kangaroos? Probably more wallabies actually. I think we say oh. kangaroo, but a lot of them are actually. I'm, the, I'm a big fan the of the wallaby. Mm. I love the way they look like little boxes. Mm. They're yeah. so cute. Um, uh, and he went to the lodges. The lodges. 80 square metres. And what's great, like you were saying earlier, oh, hanging out, having a wine, relaxing, have to drive home, mm. have a lodge. Yeah. You can stay. You can stay at Mount Avoca. Then you can drive and visit all the other wineries nearby. Mm. Half an hour, 45 minutes, you go to Dalesford, you can come back, you can have some wine. Yeah, there, there's plenty of space. And we've got unlimited tranquility. Unlimited. As much as, want, as much as you want. It's like Bonnie Doon. It is. It is. It is. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the tranquility. Tranquility, that's right. You know, I just I just would hate to see it when that joke dies out. Oh, the just, serenity. The serenity, the serenity, that's right. Yeah. Well, that sounds quite beautiful. And how long have the lodges been there for? Um, about six or seven years. I think it was mm. uh, 2011 and 12, I think, our mm. official and, uh, opening. There are a number of restaurants in the area. Does Mount Avoca have its own restaurant? We're waiting for the critical mass right. to get to the point where that's possible. There's so, just not enough people staying overnight. Yeah. You need... Yeah. Yeah. So in the region, what are your favourite places to dine for people that are visiting? Um, There's a few little places that um, come and go. We organise food from some of our local caterers. So we can Mm -hmm. do these really fantastic hampers and they'll do, you know, quiches and salads and things like that. Mm -hmm. There's a couple of stores. The Olive and Lavender store is great. They do some fantastic, um, really fresh home-cooked foods. You can go up to... Oh, yeah, Warren Mang, I'm not sure. They've changed hands. Um, fantastic restaurant. I'm not mm. sure exactly what's going on with, with mm. that, but they, historically they've been fantastic. Got some and you've got Ballarat, which is having a bit of a foodie moment at the moment, Ballarat's isn't it? Ballarat's amazing. They've got so many great restaurants. And then, yeah, there's yeah, Dalesford's fantastic. Yeah. Um, mm. There's a lot of really, yeah, so middle of everywhere. But uh, When's the Chill Out Festival in Dalesford? That is actually the Labor Day weekend. So it's the weekend after Mardi Gras. It's the Mardi Gras it's after party. Yeah, yeah. So that's the 9th and 10th, I think. Yeah. That's actually the same weekend. Yeah. So DC works one day and then the other one the day after. That's right. Well, I think the Chill Out's big day is the Sunday because it's a long weekend. I think it's a bit more Sunday, Monday. Yeah. Mm. I might so, go this year. I used to live in Dalesford and I spent I went a few years in the early stages of, of Chill Out. It was a really, really lovely, lovely f- event. 12 days, 20 hours, 8 minutes and 15 seconds away. <laughs> the <laughs> countdown on their website. There's uh, a lot going on in this part of Victoria. We're the festival state, aren't we? Oh, we sure are. Are we also in South Australia? Ah, oh, <laughs> they were. We are now. We've taken it over. Take everything. We've taken the Pyrenees. <laughs> now, one thing we haven't really touched on is, as a winemaker, just having a little bit of an international glance. Mm. What are the wine regions you most enjoy visiting when you are out and about, out of the country? Oh, well, I'm a. I did live in France for a while, mm-hmm. so I've mm-hmm. got a bit of a. Uh, a soft spot for France. Any particular part of France? Oh, I had lots of friends in Bordeaux, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the the classic, you know, Cabernet, Merlot, 
kind of Cabernet Franc. They had the big classic, mm-hmm. the original claret is, uh, mm. is Bordeaux. Claret. And of in course, a goblet. yeah. And I think With what some I some fromage. Yeah. What I what I do love is <laughs> and some pain. Some pain fromage. What I do love is like Beaujolais because here yeah. we're so far away. It's not in a kind of weird way because of our hot climate. You think Beaujolais would be the thing mm. we do, but we mm. tend to do white rosé or or red. Mm. But going there. Um, they have this thing where the Beaujolais Nouveau comes out and it's the first one to get the Beaujolais out. And it's, it's the middle fresh. of November, isn't it? It's like super fresh. They pick it, they ferment it, boom, and it's out. And mm. it's like, wow, this big thing to try and get that. And it's kind of fun. And I love a Beaujolais with a, mm. um, uh, with a fruit place. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Remember fresh the 80s when the Beaujolais sort of arrived in Melbourne? Yeah. And so like 1984 or five or something, yeah, I, I remember. Yeah, I was born. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was. And I was of drinking age at that point. And that really? Was, yeah. 80s? Yeah, 85. Well, 84, I left school. That's too okay. much information. Uh, that's right. <laughs> much younger She looks than so young. Oh, no. No, no, no. I'm a... Uh, yeah. There we go. <laughs> there you go. Now the whole world knows. The whole world knows. I'm a Drinking wine when it was just at a cask. <laughs> and what's funny, even though I've got this real... I speak quite good French, I yeah. live there, I work there, going to Italy and... It's they're always so super friendly, and their life is yeah. like I guess all those Effusive. places, France, Italy, Spain. There's I did go to a place in the south of France, Spanish border, Banyuls, mm. and that's this really weird wine that they put in these earthenware jars. Mm, yes, and they bury the jars out in the field. Half oh, really? underground. So it yeah. ferments and uh, ages underground. It kind of goes a bit like sherry. You get this kind mm. of uh, okay. rancio character. Right. And it's, but just the whole process is, is it, it kind of feels so medieval. That's kind of dry, but it's just this really. Well, we did have the wonderful Aidan uh, Rafti from, uh, who specialises in Georgian wine on the show a few, oh, late last year. Maybe you weren't here I for that show. No, no, no. no. Oh, that was fascinating. We talked all about uh, Georgian wine and the many, many varieties. I think they have 18 varieties of red wine. Yeah. That and ranges to black. Yeah. Ooh. And there's oh, really? all, all these, yeah, there's so many varieties that we've never heard of because mm. I guess the up until recently we've got this very Anglo-centric culture, mm. which English, France... You know, the kind of we fight you in wars, but we drink your wine. There's been that kind of stuff. And then I guess from the war, we had a lot of, you know, Italian food and wine culture. But it's only been really German, recently. South Australia. Yeah, true. But the Georgian, there's so many different varieties Hungary, Hungary Moldavia, mm. Georgian. And there's Lebanese. varieties. Yeah, there's varieties that we just don't know anything about. But oh, I love Lebanese wine. Fantastic. I'm, I'm a bit of a fan of Lebanese wine. Yeah, Kassara, well. especially. Kassara, they, um, uh, because of the Lebanese mountains, there's. Mm. Um, well, it's snow, it's in winter. Yeah, yeah, but in the wine areas, uh, in the valleys, um, it gets beautiful sun on mm. one side and then there's no mm. sun on the other. So they've dug in the cellars into yeah. the mountains. So it's yeah. perfect cellaring. It's amazing. Love it. So, uh, Matthew Barry from Mount Avoca Wines or Winery? Mount Avoca Winery. 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 Um, you're uh, at the Williamstown uh, Food, Wine and Cheese Festival on the 9th of March. You're doing a masterclass, 100 Years of Wine. What are the key takeaways that you hope people are going to learn from that? Without spoiling it, uh, well, I what, what are people going to be uh, the big telling secret, their grandchildren about? The big secret with wine is it's all about joy 
Mm. It's that's what we live for. We live for joy. We listen to joy. Oh, that was such a bad pun, sorry. But um, yeah, irresistible. It's, it's irresistible because people get caught up in the complexity and they lose sight of the the simple things. I make it. You drink it. You smile. We're you can make it complex. Joy wine. Just smile. Yep. <laughs> Let's have a joy wine. We need a joy wine bar. We do. We do. Thank you very much for listening. In. Thanks for listening to a Joycast from Joy ninety four point nine. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.